0: And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes.
1: Hello and welcome to the Great Movies podcast, a show where we watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. However, today we are discussing something slightly more topical, which is the Oscar nomination announcements which came out this morning, and if I am studious enough to f- complete this podcast, you'll be hearing this tonight of the nominations. So, we are really on wow, top here. Wow, topical. Yeah. Uh, let me introduce myself just in case. I'm Dylan Clare and
0: I'm Jana Gardner.
1: Yep. And so let's get on with the Oscars. This will probably be a shorter podcast than normal, hopefully, because we'll stay on topic, right? right
0: we, we will. Usually... And also, Nick isn't here, and so if anyone has has tuned in hoping to hear Nick's thoughts oh, yeah. on the Oscar nominations, well, we'll get those in our next episode when we record. He just couldn't make it tonight.
1: Yeah. Um, and usually we get uh, distracted on regular episodes about the Oscars. So right. it, this is technically just us in our lane. We're, we're going to just plow right on through. There's exactly. Be, this
0: is the most on topic we will ever be.
1: We'll just get sidetracked back onto Oscars. This is perfect. Exactly. All right. So I'm trying to figure out where to start. I think I'm just going to start with some of the technical awards. Sure. Um, on the bottom of the... Um, wikipedia article it's visual effects there wasn't too many surprises as far as visual effects except oh, for there were a the couple of surprises to me <laughs> well I, I was building up to mainly like the love and monsters thing sure oh and the one and only ivan uh, that right. was another surprise um, right
0: at least at least the one and only ivan after i had my memory jogged i realized i have in fact heard of i genuinely can't remember because it's been a full year if we Joked about this on the podcast or just off air. We definitely
1: did it in the messenger group.
0: Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, I know amongst ourselves we joked about maybe we would get really into the Brian Cranston monkey movie. <laughs> um, I never did, I never saw it, but now I guess I'm going to because the movie where Brian Cranston is friends with a gorilla, I guess, now is a mm-hmm. visual effects nominee.
1: And it's one of my mom's favorite books. So if the it's adapted is, well,
0: the book is beloved. That I did yeah. now.
1: Um, yeah. I, this is one of those years where I don't really know if there was a great visual effects stuff to pick from. Um, there was
0: kind of Tenant and everything tenet. else. I would have gone for um, my completely snubbed. I thought it might get in this category: um, Invisible Man, the Elizabeth Moss. Oh, that's true. Blumhouse I'm looking.
1: I guess I'm just looking through Gold Derby, and they have ten predicted ones before today. And um, the ones that missed, number four... Well, first one's Tenet, then Midnight Sky and Mulan. I think those were the most expected, especially those top two. Mm -hmm. But then you have Mank at four, Welcome to Chechnya at five, Birds of Prey at six... And then Soul at seven, which it's a very nicely animated movie, but like again, this is just feeling like, right? It's kind of lacking in that visual effects oomph that we usually get,
0: right? And so, and apparently, from what I gather, I have not seen Welcome to Chechnya, but that was like a pretty big favorite, and I guess like mm-hmm. the conceit, especially because the conceit of that movie, it sounds like they make an innovative use of visual effects to like obscure people's identities and things, and it's like a sort ah. of in- like it's it's a documentary. But it, like, innovatively uses visual effects. And I think that would have been... That's interesting. That would have been a cool nomination. Um, But instead we got Love Love and and monsters, Monsters. Which, I gotta say, so this time of year... Um, I, I try to be an Oscar completist. I've only ever pulled it off once in the, the movie year twenty seventeen. So the Oscars that uh took that was the best Oscars year, so yeah, it was a very good year and I saw literally everything nominated in every category. All the shorts. In, all the shorts I features, was supposed to say, including shorts. Including the shorts. I saw them all including like the original song nominees. Um, I, you know, I watched all of Marshall because it had an original song nomination, that kind of thing. So, um, I I take this stuff pretty seriously. You Um, know what
1: song you can just go to Spotify
0: and listen to the song. Doesn't count. Because they're usually just end credit songs. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) but if it's, if the movie got a nomination, uh, I, I try to make it happen. I, like I said, I've only pulled it off once. Most years I just give up or there's some. Nomina- mm-hmm. Nominations that I refuse to engage with, or what have you. Anyway, that's a long way of saying that it it typically is very homeworky. I typically spend a lot of time on weekends, like. And granted, I'll fold laundry while I'm watching things. You know, sure. my <laughs> like for example, Kong Skull Island, a movie I famously watched while doing hours worth of laundry because I was like, I'm not gonna <laughs> pay that much attention to Kong Skull Island. But as,
1: as a kaiju fan, uh, that that cut deep. Yeah. Although Kong Skull Island wasn't best
0: but love and monsters i think kind of looks fun (laughs) like (laughs) i'm glad you're
1: excited for it
0: it just it's something different it's gonna be different than everything else that i have to catch up with it's not some like sad you know sad Mm -hmm. documentary i don't know what it's about honestly i see dylan o'brien i see a dog and i guess there's monsters
1: Go for it. Yeah. You know, Oh
0: my god, I'll report back at some point uh, when I catch up with this, but
1: I can't wait to do to when we're doing our catch up corner at the end of a podcast, you just be like, I finally watched love and monsters guys.
0: <laughs> maybe movie maybe, of
1: the year. Maybe
0: it'll rule. Maybe it'll uh, rocket up my list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's probably the most interesting nomination all day. Yeah. We may have peaked with our first category here.
1: Uh, actually, I, I don't think so, but we'll get to it later. Um, Next one on the Wikipedia is film editing, which kind of seems low for that one to show up.
0: Yeah, it's a technical award, but it's so closely correlated with Best Picture Prestige that I think it sort of rises above what we think of as a technical award.
1: And there's basically three people that make a film on the whole. There's first the screenwriter, then there's the director, and then there's the editor. And I feel like there's some massive importance to that sort of trio. Sure. This this holy trinity is getting a little snubbed on one side of it. Yeah. Um, the nominees were Trial of Chicago Seven, Nomadland, Sound of Metal, The Father, and Promising Young Woman. Big sure. snub here. Mank didn't get nominated. Um, Jana, how did you feel about Mank missing in uh, <laughs> editing here?
0: You know, it actually is inter- It is actually interesting. Um, it used to be, especially when there were only five oscar nominate not yeah, five best picture nominations it used to be like this was a huge hugely important nom to get if you didn't get editing it meant you didn't have any real shot at best picture yeah. in the expanded era i'm not quite sure i have not revisited or sort of ran the numbers to get a sense of how true that is anymore but i do think it is a sign that while mank got 10 nominations I I, the enthusiasm just isn't there. I I just not
1: score any of the really big ones. We'll
0: we'll get the screenplay, but when you miss both editing and screenplay, it really shows you, I think, that the the support a lot of the support is in the the other technical uh, categories Mm -hmm. that it was nominated in. Um, and it's know. a
1: technically great film. I think right. most of its nominees are very deserved.
0: Right, exactly. Even, I don't...
1: Even, that's even a film that I'm not a huge fan of. I think it's mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. But um, definitely deserved a lot of those nominations.
0: Right. But I, I think this is a, just a sign of its, a lack of enthusiasm, especially when you look at the five movies that did make it that are all Best Picture nomina- yep. nominees. It just, I think, is indicative of where the, where the energy is and where the enthusiasm is.
1: Especially like something like Sound of Metal, which I came into today, into today feeling a little hesitant. Yeah. Thinking it would probably get nominated, but that was one I think could be like last one out. And mm-hmm. when it came up in film editing, I was like, "Boom, cross it down, yeah. knock it in, it's Sound, done."
0: Sound of Metal and Promising Young Woman both getting in for editing great. is is great. It's it's really fantastic, and I think the editing in both of those films. I'm I'm not an editor. I, I know there's a lot of misunderstanding about sort of what editing is. I will say of the ones I've seen, none of these suffer from the like most editing is best editing problem you get some yeah. years where it's just because something has like a whole bunch of cuts. That means that it's, I mean, yeah. I think it was like Nomad Land, which I, I think, think is edited would with be my vote. tons of restraint. Like
1: exactly. Ugh, you know, and I'd, how it's I'd able to, to pace that film. That's so sort of um, right. I don't know what the right word vagrancy is maybe the best word it just kind of moves from mm-hmm. setting to setting and the way the editor I don't know right. who the editor is of this It's
0: Chloe show. it's Chloe Zhao. Oh, it's, it's it's Fuck. Yeah. Chloe she edited Zhao. herself. Wow. Yeah. So I think that Do you know
1: Do you know the name of the person that edited the father?
0: <laughs> I I do because I just pulled it up on Wikipedia. I almost it is Yorgos Lamprinos, not Yorgos I, Lathimos. It is Yorgos. When I went
1: looking for who edited No Man Land*, I really got taken aback there for a second. Just, why. Wow.
0: Yeah. Who would have
1: thought someone would have a name so close to Yorgos Lathimos? Yeah,
0: it is Yorgos Lamprinos. Yeah. Um, I got to say, this film editing category is a bunch of names that I struggle to pronounce. Um, yeah. The Promising Young Woman editor, Frederick Thorval. Um But yeah, even
1: even the American here, Alan Baumgarten, Baumgarten,
0: yeah, for Chicago Seven. It's not like
1: hard to say, but just saying those syllables together in the final.
0: So, so Chicago Seven's just gonna. This is our first time with it coming up here. It's gonna keep coming up. Um, I guess I'm default the Chicago Seven defender on the podcast by virtue of not hating it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I think I. I like Chicago Seven and Mank about the same, basically. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, they, were, I think they were both fine. Yeah, good, fine. Um, I we'll get into it. I actually will stand up for Sasha Baron Cohen, but mm. other than that, like that's I the, was prepared for that, right? But like I will say, I don't. The editing, at least, is not memorable. Like I have no feeling about it. One I way or the other.
1: entirely I, agree. I can see like where things go for Sasha, for like his career. This is the storyline. Right. And he's one of the better performers in the movie. Mm-hmm. I have zero idea of why Chicago 7 got nominated at editing and why it's currently the front runner on Gold Derby.
0: I For editing?
1: It's the front runner, and it's not even close.
0: That's strange. Um, it's odds
1: are 71 to 20.
0: That is strange. Yeah, I... I don't know. Um, I, I, there just must be some. Uh, no, there just must be some enthusiasm for it. I think. I think yeah. it's fairly well liked. Um, I
1: kind of think this is going to be the one major award it can win. Yeah, I. We'll I will, see about screenplay, but this could be it.
0: Right. I mean, Netflix has been going very hard on the um, campaigning for this movie. Um, there are billboards for it. Like, there, there's been a huge Chicago Seven billboard up in my neighborhood for. Months and it's just got a coffee with seven. one the other day. I I showed you you and Nick off podcast. Uh, I I treated myself for like only the third time in a whole year to take out coffee from a coffee shop, uh, which I used to do every day. And I went. I treated myself to like a fancy local LA, you know, cold brew coffee. And sure enough, the the little cardboard ring they give you around your coffee cup was just full. FYC Trial of Chicago 7. So that's that's it's what's here. happening around here. Um, yeah. So I made it in editing. Good for it. But yeah, it's haven't seen the father yet. I've heard the editing is is pretty phenomenal in that.
1: I, yeah, I've heard it, it's really indicative of sort of the things that are going on in that movie, right. which sounds interesting. Yeah. I, I really hope to see it and check that out sometime.
0: Right. Point. But of the four of the of the four I have seen, Chicago 7's way at the bottom.
1: Thank you. Uh, Moving on to sound, which is this is the first time I believe that sound mixing and sound editing have been combined.
0: Yes. Um, Um, I'm glad I just don't have to remember which one's which. (laughs) Big, big relief.
1: (laughs) Kind of same. Um, I do feel bad. I think both the mixer and the editor will get the win if this happens, but it's still... I'm
0: I'm assuming so. There's a pretty long list of names. There is two to four or two to five names for every nominee so i think they just incorporated yeah. both teams and then the reasoning i was told or that i read was just that the, in modern sound like editing and mixing it's a lot more interchangeable because of everything yeah. being done digitally so mm-hmm. fair enough
1: and the nominees for this one are greyhound news of the world mank soul and sound of metal I I want to go to you, Jana. You are a big ten- fan of Tenant because you have a disposable Damn. income and were able to watch it, unlike I was. me. Um, and that was a huge miss. People thought Tenant was a lock. Yeah. Uh, before the day.
0: Right. So, Nolan's sound, the, the sound in Nolan fil- Nolan's film is, is very divisive. Right. It's yeah. it's somewhat controversial. Frankly, I would say, um, it's kind of a love it or hate it. I loved the use of sound in, in Tenet and what he was doing in that movie. I think I can speak for Nick, who's not here. I know he's a big Tenet fan and of the sound as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I get the people who are like, well, I couldn't understand what anybody was saying. Like, OK, I, I think <laughs> and that's
1: that's a fair criticism it, of
0: the sound editing. It is a fair criticism. I, you know, I, I don't think it's. I think it's a choice, is I guess what I would say. I think it's for fair sure. to be like, I don't like what he's doing. I don't think it's. I don't think he's like, oh, oops. <laughs> I guess people couldn't <laughs> hear what anybody was saying. I think it's a choice. And you're totally free to not like that choice. Um, it worked for me, especially in Tenet, which is a movie that I thoroughly enjoyed and didn't understand at all. And I've seen it twice and with subtitles. Going to watch it again soon. Love Tenet. <laughs> Go but i can't can't explain to anybody what's happening in that movie but i was surprised i guess greyhound got its slot yeah here, probably right? so we have we have two tom hanks movies i haven't seen in yeah. in the sound category <laughs>
1: sound sound is the category of the hanks
0: right do is sound of metal the favorite here i mean that's all anybody's been talking about i feel like for so i'm months. i'm currently
1: on the experts uh, odds page which mm-hmm. they have 30 picked ox oscar experts from different journalistic uh backgrounds and mm-hmm. writers and stuff there are 30 people on this panel 30 predicted it to be nominated and 30 predicted it for it to win
0: okay so, so that, that's so that's yes. about you, a home run it, <laughs> you could get <laughs> you'd call it a prohibitive favorite yeah
1: yeah and i think deservingly so the sound and sound of metal is wild how good it is i will say i'm a little bummed because i thought soul is one of the best sound mixed films at least in Mm -hmm. pixar's catalog and i I wish i could be kind of like campaigning for soul in this category but Mm -hmm. when it's going up against something like sound of metal it's not really happening
0: right well it's always you rarely get let me put it this way you rarely get a year where there's a film where the sound the sound is literally a plot point, right? Like, I mean, it's it's in the title. It's literally a plot point. You know, Sound of Metal works arguably only because of how good this sound is. Yep. Um, and so I, I just don't know how you... It's just kind of a gimme, I think, yeah. at that point.
1: Uh, moving on, we go on to Best Song. Um,
0: the most important category of the day.
1: Of course, I don't really have much to say, though. Nominees no. are speak now from One Night in Miami. Uh, is it... So is it I, IOC?
0: I think it's lo, lo, lo C scene, I, I think.
1: From the life of head.
0: <laughs> right. I Oh, no, it is IO. It is IOC. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I, I couldn't tell if that uh, long I, vertical line was a lowercase L or uppercase I. had to, cl- L I had to click through
0: I. to another page with a font that has serifs so I could see. <laughs> That is a capital I.
1: People Uh, use Sarah Senor. At some uh,
0: point, maybe I will learn how to pronounce that. But yeah, this is from The Life Ahead. So this is the Diane Warren uh, Mm -hmm. entrant this year. Of course, it's It's always Um, coming. And I I, give the woman an Oscar. I swear she has more than earned one. It sucks that she's eventually going to win for something that is presumably so far below her, like, actual phenomenal movie songs. And if this is the year she wins, I riot. So I, 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 don't, I don't want Diane Warren to be the villain <laughs> of the Oscars, yeah. but she is my personal I think personal we're going to talk villain. about this
1: sort of thing uh, later, mm-hmm. about a personal favorite becoming a personal villain. Yeah, it happens. Um, it's real- to, to finish out the nominees, though, yes. Fight for You, Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice from Trial Chicago 7, and Hussavik from the Husavik. Eurovision Song
0: sorry <laughs> this is yeah, I, as I already told you this is my this was my most excited nominee this is the only nominee that I was so invested in that I was I didn't really think it would make it I, I kind of thought it was a fool's errand to pin all my hopes on my beloved Husevich from my beloved Eurovision but well
1: I'll tell you whatever. one thing Husevich is not going to win probably
0: I know but like, it's got
1: it's got zero predictive I wins have from not the experts. seen
0: the life of the life ahead yeah I've seen all the other ones and the, and Fight For You, Hear My Voice, and Speak Now are all ending credit songs. Like, what are we doing here? What, what is are. What is this? Like, and I'm assuming the other one is too. I guess I don't know. Um, but I do strongly, I'm a defender of the original song category. But I really think there should be some sort of requirement that the song it actually in the movie. is in the movie. And like, it doesn't have to be like Husevich where, I mean, props if it is if it's like an actual musical and it's a song from a musical but mm-hmm. at least if it's an original song that's used at some climactic or memorable part of the movie great like it should really be like it should be more so what like you're a best it, use of song in a movie you know
1: so what you're saying is you wish it was wuhan flu from borat's subsequent movie film and the rain song from minari that i do were, wish it was
0: the rain song from minari the I rain song that from minari today and it's awesome beautiful that's an uh, such a bummer of a miss i love that song yeah Um, I'm glad that the Wuhan flu missed just so we don't have to have a whole discourse about any (laughs) any more. We're already going to have Borat discourse and it's, let's limit that.
1: Yeah. I think the likely favorite to win here is the one from One Night in Miami. Yeah. Um, Especially
0: since Leslie Odom Jr., like, this has become a recent until a few years ago, it was extremely rare or maybe it had never happened for someone to get a song and acting nomination in the same year. And now it's happened like three or four times. It. It's just a new trend now where they start doing this. So,
1: you want to perform the shallow vocalization for us, real quick?
0: Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) One of the best, uh, one of the most—it's incredible. um.
1: And only Lady Gaga can pull off that vocalization. Mm -hmm. It's incredible.
0: Absolutely. Now, there's a song again. Could that's what we're talking about here? Exactly. That is that is the platonic ideal of a best original song.
1: And it, it it's the whole movie encapsulated in music it's perfect
0: and it's also just so rare that you know a song from a movie these days gets into the public consciousness like that song you know like people people knew that song they like even if it was like partly a joke with the vocalizations and the trailer and everything but hey people were talking about it so
1: i think my parents knew about that song before they even knew about star is born
0: probably i I would believe it It and that's how good
1: that song was it was everywhere Moving on to score, we have four highly predicted nominations, which were Soul, Mank, uh, that's the Atticus and Reznor uh, mm-hmm. double whammy, yep. News of the World, Minari, and then coming in strong, the Five Bloods. And at that point, I was yeah. like, oh shit, here we go. Delroy.
0: It got our hopes up. I really. I think we both really thought like, okay, so they saw it. They want they know. enjoyed
1: it. Like it's it's still in their memory Here's if they're going for original score.
0: What I think actually happened, um, which is that you know, um, Terrence Blanchard is a phenomenal composer, and he has been a longtime collaborator of Spike Lee's. He's done some phenomenal scores with Spike Lee, um, dating back ages and ages but had never gotten, he has all kinds of other nominations from other groups, never had gotten an Oscar nomination until Black Klansman in 2019. Yeah. And from what I've read, the score branch is one of the more insular branches. And so yeah, it's very it's kind it's of like documentary clicky. or something. It's very clicky, and once you're in, you're in. And so I think yep. he'd never been nominated, and he broke through with the Black Klansman score, which is also a phenomenal score. And so score. now he's part of the club. And so now, um, he got a nomination for *The Five Bloods* because he uh, he gets to sit at the table. Um, sure. But I, which I I've thought about this because I've spent a lot of today trying to figure out what happened with *The Five Bloods*. Um, but it's a it's a super deserved nomination. It's a fantastic score.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt. Um, it's not going to win. I think *Soul* oh, God, is no. easily the front runner. Yeah. Um, and if it's not Soul, it's going to be make One way or another, Atticus Ross and Trent right. going to be on that. I,
0: I agree. Uh, I really like the Mink score in particular. Uh, it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of that movie. But I also yep. have no complaints about Soul. <laughs> like, they're about, yeah. the, about the score for Soul, at least.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, on the makeup and hairstyling, uh, the nominees are Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Maverini's Black Bottom, Mink, and Pinocchio.
0: Pinocchio. Um, I
1: did not know there was a Pinocchio movie out, that, out this year, and um, I had the horror of learning that Roberto Bernin- Ben
0: Roberto Benini.
1: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, I no, couldn't even say his name.
0: It is fine. Roberto Benini.
1: Roberto Benini. Yeah. Um, why?
0: So, what's funny about this is this is not the first Pinocchio movie that Roberto Benini has starred in. Um, Back in 2002, he made, he directed and starred in um, an adaptation of Pinocchio, at the time the most expensive film in Italian cinema, apparently. It was a wild... Oh my God, I didn't know that. It was a wild bomb with a 0% uh, critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, got all kinds of Razzies and everything. Anyway, 17 years later, he made another version of Pinocchio. The first time he was Pinocchio, now he's Geppetto. So...
1: Living his dream.
0: I guess. Um, <laughs> um, so I I knew about the existence of this movie only because I had read that like sort of humorous factoid, which was basically like, isn't it funny that Roberto Benigni made another Pinocchio movie? I did not think I would be looking at its two Oscar nominations and thinking, oh my God, am I now going to watch this Roberto Benigni Pinocchio movie? <laughs> the pictures I've seen of it look somewhat horrifying, so...
1: I mean, all live-action Pinocchios are like that, right? But this one is kind of special in how terrifying it looks.
0: Yeah, check. There, there's a like the promo still of it with the Pinocchio nose is just gonna stick a with big me no. for a while. Yeah.
1: Um, I will say this hurts that Birds of Prey was not nominated because that was, was the kind of predicted nomination. I was
0: holding out hope for that. That would have been really fun.
1: And I would, I, I was hoping it would get one nomination somewhere. And yeah. If it was going to be anywhere, it would probably been this. Yeah. And somehow we get um, putting a wolf double XL T shirt on uh, Glenn Close. That
0: that I'm counts. Just, I'm just staring at the poster for it. I, I don't know if you can see my mouth just hanging open. That was yeah, when I was just yeah. staring at the hillbilly elegy, elegy poster again, going right, okay, that.
1: I feel like they they like took Amy Adams and Glenn Close mm-hmm. and they were like uh, the main guy in Party Down where he's trying to just dirty up the American flag by just throwing just mud and the... lady did on fire and it was just like oh that
0: that works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Emma's the clear standout in this category for me. Um I think yeah, the the makeup and hair incredible selling incredible is fantastic. It looks so good. Um Ma Rainey would be a deserving winner here as well. I think
1: Ma Rainey would be my final vote just over Emma. Yeah. But that's because I'd vote for Emma in a different category.
0: Sure, yeah. Fair, that's fair. <laughs> um, but I'm kind of on this category and the next one we're going to talk about, um, mm-hmm. which have a extraordinary amount of crossover. Um, yes. You know, I'm a little cool. And it's not uncommon for that it's to happen. It's not uncommon at all. Um, I'm, I'm a little cooler on Ma Rainey, I think, than a lot of people generally, but I do think that the makeup and hairstyling and we can transition to costume all were fantastic
1: yeah and i would say especially the makeup and hairstyling something i found out on twitter literally an hour before recording is this is the first time that a black person has been nominated in makeup and hairstyling yeah i know um, i saw that as well that's terrifying to think wild like how horrible that uh it's been for many black people in the sort of hairstyling yeah, that they kind of go through as, as exactly. actors. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I hope this becomes a trend in a normal scene. We don't I have to hope so that. Yeah. Um, and as you said, in the design, we have most overlap here. Mm-hmm. I think the only switch out of five, is... four right? yeah. yeah, the only switch is Hillbilly out for Mulan. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah. I haven't seen Mulan yet, case,
0: but the the costumes in that trailer looked fantastic.
1: Yeah. I think it's definitely Emma. Like, yeah. Emma's costumes are out of this world. And they fit the characters so perfectly, mm-hmm. especially Emma's yellow dress. It's just iconic.
0: Right. It, it, exactly. It works really well in the context of the movie and on a more, like, sort of meta-superficial note, I feel like yep. it's it also has kind of a modern aesthetic. It sort of it's, it has, like, and I don't mean this in the derogatory way a lot of people use it. It has kind of, like, an Instagram aesthetic to it. Um, but I, I don't I don't think that is a negative at all. I think it's a fun way to make this story set in the past feel yep. contemporary about young people. So
1: wholly agree. And I mean who directed it? Emma? Yeah. Well I mean I mean I'm just saying oh. like Autumn DeWine. Oh, Autumn De Yes. It's perfect for this like absolutely. Instagram sort yes. of aesthetic. Oh,
0: oh that's right she's She's a photographer yeah yeah i Um, mean
1: she's a crazy photographer uses many colors and just the way she was able to work with alexandra mm bird and the costume design of it it's just it's it's a perfect match made in heaven
0: agreed
1: moving on to cinematography this is Ah. a pretty interesting category i think because Mm -hmm. again um they don't like christopher nolan movies this year uh, no. Judas and the Black Messiah got nominated, Mank mm-hmm. got nominated, News of the World got nominated, Nomadland got nominated, and Trial of the Chicago 7 got nominated. Um, I don't know what would be my personal pick here. Mm-hmm. Maybe Nomadland?
0: Yeah, I think it's Nomadland for me out of this group, and then probably Judas and the Black Messiah I, That's second? what I was going to
1: say. Um, I, just... um, I think it'll be Mank, though.
0: You think? I... Yeah. I guess Look, if a
1: right. movies made in black and white, I know the Oscars, they gave Cold War a cinematography nomination, right? Yeah,
0: but Cold War rules. <laughs>
1: I haven't seen Cold War. But that's just I, another, like, if sure. it's in black and white, they're going to go for it. They're going to campaign for it.
0: They will. And I, I do understand, but Cold War looks a hundred times better than Mank does. Yeah, um, that was
1: probably a bad comparison. No, no,
0: no. No, it's totally fine. You're totally right, though. Um, I block, You know, Roma. Did Roma win? Oh cinematography. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and that was roll and that did the cinematography right, too. Right,
0: that's right. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah, no, that definitely has an advantage. Um, I think I just caught up with Judas and the Black Messiah this past weekend and and the visuals and the cinematography was definitely one of the things that stuck out to me both. I mean, in all the aspects of the cinematography, but like specifically the use of lighting as well as a lot of the shot composition um, yep. I thought was really fantastic. Nomadland, I mean, it's all it, the images, right? And it's, it's you incredible. know, it, it looks fantastic. I don't remember a single shot from Trial of the Chicago <laughs> 7. Um, I think it's competently shot. I There were no yeah. scenes where I thought it was poorly lit. I th- I think it was, you know, I and again, Faden Papa Michael, who's the cinematographer, he's A a, well, long, successful, decorated. Yep. um, You know he's been nominated before, so you know there could be some of that going on there. Um, But one of his main nominations
1: was for Alexander Payne's 2013 film Nebraska.
0: Ah. Which. Black black and white. white. Yeah. Also looks better than Mank in my opinion. It does. Um. So and the News of the World I am going to catch up with. That's going to. It's still They're still charging $20 to see News of the World, but it's going to come yeah. down to reasonable VOD prices in about a week. So yep. I'm going to catch up with that as soon as it is reasonable to do so, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree with basically everything you said. I'm Chicago 7's cinematography was probably one of the very few things I didn't complain about sure. in my review. <laughs> Fair enough. But at the same time, why?
0: Right. Yeah, I I think... Well, we'll get to it. I think they just like it. Not not enough, yeah. necessarily, but, you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah. So, so next on the docket is production design, which somehow this is the one place they nominated Tenet out of all the things they could have nominated Tenet for. Uh, yeah. They also nominated News of the World, Mink, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and The Father.
0: Yeah, I... <sighs> I don't have a ton of complaints here, I guess. I would have liked to have seen Promising Young women in this category. I think it has pretty phenomenal production design. Um, uses yep. some really different locations. Kind of similar to what we were talking about with Emma. Brings like a distinctly feminine perspective in a way. Lots of bright colors. Lots of poppiness. Um, contrasted against some really dark material. It's not mm-hmm. the most sophisticated thing in the world, but it really stood out to me. If um, it
1: works in the movie,
0: yeah, it works in the movie. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess, I don't know. And the same, still haven't seen the father, but I think this is another aspect where the production design—they like the really do—and I think the production design, I think the father is getting some credit here. It, like Ma Rainey, um, is bringing a stage play and translating it to film, um, and I think, yep, you know, it's, it's getting some credit for that but yeah none of, none of these in particular really jump out to me. What about you? Um what stood
1: out to me is they like plays that are made into movies. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's what it seems and, like.
1: Um I'm kind of surprised One Night in Miami didn't get nominated. Um yeah. if if that's what they were doing especially cuz they don't seem to like Tenant much.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Um but you know, it's fine. Yeah. Uh probably so- would vote for
0: Mink, yeah. From the
1: ones I've seen, it, Mink, so. it Mink's uh, set design is probably one of the better aspects of it. The, din- the dinner scene mm-hmm. s- set great. Um, so yeah. yeah, this is this is one of the ones I feel I don't feel the strongest for.
0: Right, it's a little, a little underwhelming. Um, I'm nothing I'm furious about, but nothing that really jumps out at me either.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, to talk about stuff I'm furious about, Dick Johnson is dead was not on Documentary. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what hey, was mm-hmm. is time. Collective Crip Camp, my octopus teacher, and the mole agent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: MLK FBI
0: snubbed. Yeah. Voice
1: state snub. Welcome to Chechnya snub.
0: Yeah. So this category was just really stacked this year. Like this shortlist was mm-hmm. was ridiculous. No matter what five they picked, um, there were there just were going to be snubs. I think there were more. Um, I've only I've only seen three of these so far. Um, yeah. But from what I the the three that I saw, time. No, um, well, I've only seen two. Sorry, I've only, time and Crip I've, Camp. I've, yeah, I've seen time and crypt camp. Yep. Both were I thought phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. Time, I think, is one of the best movies of the entire year, narrative Agreed. or documentary. Um, and crypt camp is just a it's just a really made archival like a really well made archival footage documentary. It's not breaking mm-hmm. the format. It's not innovative in the way that time is, but it is a perfectly executed. Documentary sure. that tells like such an important story, um, and so I think you know. And the, I will say the other ones. I mean, Collective is also nominated international feature. So yeah, it's, the,
1: the, that happened after uh, what was the bee movie? Hu- that came Honey,
0: out? honey beekeepers. Uh, honey, 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 land, honey land. honeyland. 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 Great movie. <laughs> we just worked through um, it. Um, so that is a, that is a new trend with these these really good yeah. uh, docs from outside the states being submitted and, and getting doc and international features, so, which is cool. It's nice. Yeah. And then the mole agent I have heard really fantastic things about. So I'm not – I'm very disappointed to not see Dick Johnson is dead. And I know yeah. Boy State was such a favorite. I think Boys State – and I'm stealing this from other people who said the same thing today. Every year there is some breakout documentary that, like, is huge and populist and people love it. And then it, it's it's the Mr. Rogers, it's the three identical strangers, you know. Just, yeah. It always, it seems that this branch is a little bit, you can't tell us what to nominate sometimes.
1: And I think that kind of also played into Dick Johnson dead too.
0: Yeah. Um, it got too much sort of like too much critical acclaim maybe outside the branch and yeah
1: and we're talking about like insider nominating like documentary is the worst of them yeah
0: I'm just I was Um, I was worried about time I I I was worried that's all I
1: needed to yeah
0: I was worried that it's outside the box enough that maybe they wouldn't go for it I'm just so relieved now now I get to throw all my hopes on it winning but I'm very glad to see it there
1: yeah in best international feature film we have another round better days Collective, um, the man who sold his skin, and Quo Vadis Ida. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just trying to that, out. that, that sounded, right?
0: That's what I would have said. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Um, I haven't gotten to any of the foreign films here, so I don't. I'm not. I don't have much to say. I kind of wanted Knights of Kings to be nominated because um, that would have been fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I'm know. disappointed. I. I've seen another round. It's it's so good. It's another movie that's one of my favorites of the Can't entire wait. year. It's so fantastic. Um, I have no idea which way the wind is blowing in this category. Uh, obviously they obviously they really liked another round, it got another nomination. I think. Obviously yeah. they really liked Collective though, it got another nomination too. Yeah. So um and then these the other ones, um, Better Days and The Man Who Sold His Skin, I had not heard of. Um, yep, and I knew same. they were on the short list, but I wasn't familiar with them at all. And then Quavada Saïda, I've only heard of because it it also got scored a um, film independent nomination. Yeah. So I saw it on the indie spirits list, um, and I will be watching it. Um, and then I, I'd like to watch all of them, but the man who sold his skin, the Tunisian uh, mm-hmm. international submission here, does not seem to exist anywhere <laughs> to yeah. be able to watch. Um, but Better Days is available. So I, I, I'm i looking forward to catching up with this category quite a bit. It's always a treat.
1: Yep. Uh, onward to animated film. Uh, onward, you so say? Th- Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that, which is, I should have just taken credit for it. God damn it. All right. Um, yeah. Onward into the best animated film. Um, so going, they they announced the nominees in alphabetical order, and when the first one was Onward, I was like, "That's kind of weird."
0: That is, that is pretty weird.
1: Um, immediately eliminated the Croods. To thank heavens,
0: yeah, psyched not have to watch a Croods movie.
1: Yeah, so the nominations were Onward, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Sheep Movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Um, so hyped that Shaun the Sheep got in over Croods. I haven't seen this Shaun the Sheep movie yet, but. I love Shaun the Sheep movies. I love Aardman. Um, and to see him over the cruise, it's it just feels good. Oh. Um, Jana, you've seen two movies in this category have, so far, right? Yes, Me yes. Too. I've seen
0: Soul and Wolfwalkers.
1: And your preferences? Both,
0: my preference is Wolfwalkers. I'm assuming Soul's going to take it. Um, yeah. You know when it's a when it's a the Pixar winning is not a foregone conclusion necessarily anymore. Yeah. But when it is a well regarded Pixar movie. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty well situated. Wolf Walker's is fantastic um, so worth watching i as as Dylan knows, I am not an animated film person. I don't really seek them out. i typically the only animated films I typically watch in a year are whatever gets the Oscar nominations. <laughs> so um you know my my experience is limited. But Wolfwalkers is fantastic. It it's looks so good. amazing, and I rewatched
1: it recently, uh, and I was just like, "It's
0: on Apple TV Plus." If if you have Apple TV Plus, which hey, maybe you do. Um, they tend to just be giving it away. I signed up for it so that I could watch Wolfwalkers and Ted Lasso, and then like the past two months in a row, Apple has messaged has sent me an email being like, "Congratulations, we're crediting you four ninety nine for your Apple." So I, they just keep crediting me back my Apple TV Plus money. I don't know. I'm I'm keeping <laughs> you take it. it. I'm keeping it. Um, if you have Apple TV Plus, it is. It's even worth, I would say, doing the free trial um, mm-hmm. to check it out. Um, yeah, and then onward. I've actually heard. I think onward. I mean, it got lost in the shuffle, right? Onward was one of the very first movies. It was in theaters for about a week, um, and then the theaters all closed, and then it got thrown onto Disney Plus, and here we are.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Uh, um,
0: yeah, that's pretty much what I've heard. Is it's okay? It's um, fine and then over the moon i have i have heard good things about it kind of got lost yeah, in the shuffle as well but i'm looking forward to i is it also on disney plus is that or is it netflix i thought it was netflix it's netflix okay i mean the nice thing about this year is that you know these movies are all out there they're all watchable usually mm-hmm. my biggest sticking point with catching up with this category is when there's some animated film that's like only in theaters and i'm like i am not paying <laughs> 15 dollar la movie theater ticket to go see an animated movie i don't want to watch um but these are all so easy to watch this year that um i think this will be a fun batch but i'm assuming it's soul i'm assuming it's just a foregone conclusion
1: all right moving on to adapted screenplay um the first nominee is borat subsequent movie film delivery of a prodigious bribe to american regime for make benefit Once glorious nation of kazakhstan
0: I cannot believe they read that full title every time they every time every time it, the the nominations were announced this morning. I couldn't tell they were doing a bit or like that like what you look at the movie poster, you look at how it's styled online. It's just Borat subsequent movie film. Like you don't, it's not even like we don't need the unexpected virtue of ignorance. It up, just leave it alone. Uh,
1: the nominees from. Borat were Sasha Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, Dan Swiner, Peter Bynham, Erica Rivinoja, Dan Mazur, Jenna Friedman, and Lee Krem. Story by Baron Cohen, Hines, swimmer, and Nina Perrod based on the character Borat, Sadiev sure. by Baron Cohen. That is the full
0: record setting nine nominees in in this category. Um, what what is, if there's
1: some big moment where they have like a card mix up again and they have to hold <laughs> the card up directly for the screen it's and it's that. just in such small print that you can't even see what it says? And
0: and for a movie that as far as anyone knows was largely improvised I mean I guess they just probably workshopped tons of jokes and things ahead of time and then who knows what made it into the movie but this yep. of, it's like having a writer's room for a TV show I guess. um What a yep what a nomination I, could, I, I also can't believe that 2021 is finally going to be the year that i watch borat i i avoided all things borat this far in my life i never saw the original like anyway. it's
1: happening janna oh, it is time
0: i hate awkward comedy okay yeah
1: anyway besides borat that mm-hmm. was nominated there is also the father nomadland one night in miami and the white tiger which, <laughs> which you do which not if, care for if uh fans of this podcast remember my catch-up on the white tiger at one po- podcast i fucking hated that movie
0: <laughs> you know um thought- i'm
1: very happy to see more like indian films get recognized at the oscars i just right. wish it wasn't this because it's and- so subpar to so many films coming out of india and, yeah. and it's this, really shitty this
0: book i mean this book was just a bit of a phenomenon and so i think anytime a Like, well-known book gets adapted. It it gets a leg up in this category, right? Um, Because it's Mm -hmm. just best adapted screenplay. And everyone's like, hey, I read that book. Um, So I don't know. I will check back in after I have watched it because I am going to catch up with it. Some people like it. Um, I, I've, I've yeah, read some. I mean, I'm, movies, I'm, the
1: outlier here. Um,
0: but I'm, I'm curious. So that was, that one, I guess, I guess is the most surprising just because it's a solo, but there's always at least one solo screenplay nom, and this is the only one.
1: Yeah. Like
0: every other, every other screenplay nom has at least one, or every other film nominated in either screenplay category has at least one other nomination. This is the only sort of throw at a screenplay bone kind of one, yeah. so.
1: Do you notice a an overlap of some of the award then movies nominated in this category?
0: I mean, it's we have The Father and One Night in Miami again, Oscars-like so we have plays. two more plays. Yeah, and
1: this we we, we don't ha- I don't think we have a single category where we got all three because Ma Rainey kind of got snubbed. I would say, yeah. having to adapt the August Wilson play,
0: right? Um, At the it- same
1: time, I don't think it was adapted well.
0: I right. I mean, I think that's. So, I, I'm I'm fine with that. I think. Um, I think
1: that might come down more to the directing though, yeah. than specifically the screenplay. But right. I, I don't. I
0: don't mind right. not having it whereas, here. For I think one late. night. Whereas I think one night in Miami actually like is a pretty yeah. good adaptation. It kind of. Um, it translates that story in an interesting way. I think Nomadland is a fascinating. I mean, nomination here. It was a gimme. It was a slam dunk. This was this was going to happen. Um, but the, so just in case anyone hasn't caught up with Nomadland yet, it's on Hulu. Please go watch Nomadland. It's right there for Immediately
1: you. Immediately. Now, um, but we'll it's, stop the podcast.
0: It's based on a nonfiction book, and a th- three quarters, probably, of the people who appear in the film more, nine-tenths, are, 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 ba- are themselves. It's basically yeah. the subjects of the book, and there's obviously, um that you know you have Francis McDormand in there you have David Strait there and there's a handful of sort of other actors popping in but it's it's just a fascinating choice of adaptation because it's sort of people adapting their own story on on screen um I, yeah. I think it's super interesting
1: and unlike something like Borat where he's going out into the world and he's improvising mm. off these people that he meets this one feels more like the sort of thing that like Mike Leigh would do where he sets up a setting with mm-hmm. characters and they improv it and then they workshop it and then they right. improv it again and they do it again and again to the f- part where they feel like we've scripted out right. something that feels
0: it's collaborative real right yes. like i think and it's it's and, and, and it's, it's, yeah.
1: it's technically by the end written out but by everyone in the cast including the people either playing their characters or being themselves
0: right i i think that's exactly right um and one of the things I love most about that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: it, it should win.
0: It should. Um, I mean, the other thing that's sort of, you have Borat basically taking up a space in this category because of the, nat- the fact that sequels are always adapted, because it's based on a pre-existing yep. character, which I don't know how I feel about that rule. I get it in some ways, because obviously it's not wholly original. Borat's a pre-existing character. But like, it's not a adapted from anything. It's just nope. So I that that rule's never sat very well with me that sequels are always adapted. It's 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 a it goofy. It's a goofy rule.
1: Yeah. You know what could have been nominated in this
0: category? What? First Cow. Oh, yeah. This would have been this, this could would have, have been if spot. it wasn't
1: for like White Tiger or at this could have been yes. it's like we're giving you one prestige nomination and then you can just that of, and that that's that that happens a lot with screenplay nominations absolutely. it's like here's a critics favorite sort of mm-hmm. indie darling we'll give you the screenplay but we're not going to give you picture director yeah and that's usually what I have to settle for and I can't even settle yeah <laughs> it hurts yeah but uh yeah this is this is no man land's category mm-hmm. to lose I would say absolutely, rightfully so in original screenplay, we have uh why <clears throat> we have Judas in the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago. Seven.
0: Five best picture nominees.
1: Mm-hmm. Um uh, and for the most part I would say very deserving of the kind of script that they're using.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think Nothing is a huge surprise to me here. I guess Judas and the Black Messiah is probably Judas the biggest surprise. Judas and the Black surprise Messiah surprised me. Because it was not a given by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Um, it, it hopped at least over the expert predictions over soul and mink.
0: Yeah. So the the mink miss here, I think, is sort of the big story that a lot of people took away from the day. Um, yeah. And it, I think it just does go to show that that the mink love is largely invested in the, the technical achievement of it. Yeah. Um, the screenplay is definitely not the strongest element, so perfectly happy with that miss. I'm also fine. It would have been nice for uh Fincher's I, dad though.
1: I, I, like that's one I would have wished it yeah. got nominated for just out of like
0: That story about sentimentality. His, yeah, his late father being the credited screenwriter on it. That would have been it would have been a hell of a narrative. Um and yeah. it would have been very nice for David Fincher, a man who I think cares a lot about this movie and did a pretty good job. Yeah. Um but I the Chicago Seven was just again. That's the that was the biggest slam dunk. That was always going to happen. Um, it's fine. It is no, nowhere near one of Sorkin's best screenplays. I I am nope. generally a huge fan. I will stand up for him and his weird ticks and his screenplays. This is just not one of his strongest. Um, but yeah, the other the other four Sound of Metal also I think it was a, is a bit of a surprise here. I think it's fantastic. I'm really glad it made it. Yeah,
1: it's it's an incredible screenplay. Yeah. Um kind of rooting for that or Minari personally. But um, maybe I'd root for Promising Young Woman if I get to see it. I um, you know, really hope I'd to be, before the Oscars you happen.
0: It's, it's, it comes down in price tomorrow. Um, yeah. If you, yeah. So I, I understand no one wanting to shell out 20 bucks for it, but it'll be like $5. Bucks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I'd be fine with any of those four. I'm, I'm pretty invested in Promising Young Woman generally. I think this would be a great place for it to win. I think this... And Carrie Mulligan are its only shots. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But any any of the non-Chicago 7 winners would be nice.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree, even though it'll probably be Trial of Chicago I 7. I know. <laughs>
0: That's usually, whenever I say anything but this one, it's going to end up being that one.
1: Yeah. Um, that might happen in the Best Supporting Actress category that we're moving on to. Yeah. Um, so... I actually messaged you guys a couple of days ago. Like, who do you think is going to be nominated for supporting actors? Because I thought there's about nine people that had a very good shot at it, and the five most likely got nominated. Yeah. There wasn't kind of a Jodie Foster or Ellie Burstyn I or thought Dominique Jody Fishback. Foster.
0: I think I picked these four with. Jo- I think I thought they'd go you for left Jodie Foster. Out Young I did. I did not think they'd do it. I did not trust the Academy to actually to do the right her. thing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I made the cynical choice, and I predicted Jodie Foster. Uh, she'd just come off winning the Globe. She's a Hollywood legend. Like, yeah. But I'm oh, and and ruined. Helena
1: Zengel was the other one I thought. That sure. I could get
0: yeah. That was that was a possibility.
1: Yeah. Um. I really think anyone can win in this category.
0: The... Uh, I'm starting to think it's just going to be. Oh, so just to be clear, it's it's Maria Bakalova, oh, yeah, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Colman, the father, Amanda Seyfried-Mank, and Yun Yuzhang from Minari. Um, I think it's going to be Glenn Close. Although, as I told you uh, when you first asked for my predictions, if Olivia Colman beats Glenn Close again, I will laugh forever. Just, just. Yep. See, Olivia Olivia Coleman, the sequel, I would be here for it. <laughs> Haven't seen the father yet, but I, I'm sure she's great. When's she not great? Oh,
1: I mean, she always is. Right. Yeah. Even in like Hot Fuzz. Yeah. She's great in Hot Fuzz. Absolutely. Um, there's only one person of thirty of the experts that are predicting Glenn Close to win. If that makes you feel
0: really better. okay, interesting.
1: It might change when they have to do it without, right? Because it, it still has all the other nom- nominee predictions that didn't get right uh, in. And then. When, um,
0: when there's not one dedicated front runner, there's there's an awful lot of time for the narrative to change. We are 40 yeah. days away. Um, there's there's a lot. You know, she she can give a great interview. She can. Although I th- I thought she had it wrapped up last time. So who who knows? Maybe they do Same. just secretly hate her and refuse to give Glenn Close an Oscar. Oh,
1: God, I hope not. I hope
0: not too. She seems nice.
1: <laughs> and if it makes you feel better, Yun Jung, um, 16 of the 30 predict her to win. Cool. So. She's,
0: that would be fantastic. She's really good. By the numbers, really the good. favorite
1: here. Awesome. But all, all of the five have at least one person predicting them to win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Moving over to supporting actor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the nominees that came out were Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Paul, is it Rocky or Rassi? I
0: have heard both. Um. Same,
1: but for Sound <laughs> and Metal. Yes. And Lakeith Stanfield. Judas and the Black Messiah. Janna,
0: so this
1: was my biggest surprise of the that's, night. That's that is
0: true. This was this was the big the big twist of the morning. Um, was this Lakeith Stanfield nomination um, for two reasons? One is I just think a lot of people thought that Daniel Kaluuya was going to be the total focus of the enthusiasm yes. for this film, and I think Judas overperformed expectations mostly across the board, um, and then obviously. Like Stanfield showing up here, so I spent some time today digging into this because, like, the number one reaction was like, "Wow, um, there's no lead actor in Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, Isn't that funny?" And even these titular the two titular roles, the 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 two titular roles are are supporting. No, there's a lot more precedent for something like this happening in television in the Emmys. It's very common for members of an ensemble to just. Say we are all supporting. There is no lead. We are yeah. an ensemble. That that sort and of And Nick brought this
1: up. This happened in Nashville, where like there was four or five people nominated yeah. in that film, only in supporting categories. Ha- so, so it happens. But that makes sense. It
0: happens more in a. And it makes more sense in an ensemble. Um, when it's a two-hander. I mean, what we have here are two leads who are both in supporting, and. <laughs> That's so. I, I didn't fact check this, but I I'm, I mentioned it earlier to you, and I'm 99% sure it's true. I believe the last time that there were two lead performers nominated together was Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon for Thelma and Louise, which was in 1991. Um, so we are 30 years past the Oscars being willing to truly nominate two co-leads of the same gender in the same category. They um, were
1: nominated in lead, though. But that's what I'm
0: saying. I was like, that's the last time it happened, where we had two oh, leads. Yeah. Um, they don't do that anymore. And but, but what is interesting about this is that Lakeith Stanfield was campaigned in lead, like yep. they, they came,
1: all the so, Fycs were. Lakeith, so this Stanfield was not. I
0: saw a lot of like, oh, so cynical. They called them both. Support. No, they they tried to campaign him as a lead. Yep. Enough people watched the movie. And thought he was the best supporting actor that they nominated him in supporting actor. So I don't know what you do with that. <laughs> like it, it, it happened organically. This was not some sort of calculated campaign choice. Um, more people you can't. So you obviously you can't be nominated in both lead and supporting. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever you get more votes in, that's the category you get nominated in. Obviously, more people put him in supporting for whatever reason. I don't know yep. how, but here we are.
1: Yeah um shocking.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm really happy for him though. I, I was just Oscar nominee like yeah, Keith same. Stanfield is super super cool. Um
1: and uh, someone mentioned on Twitter that another short term 12 member uh, got the, checked out. That was going to be the exact
0: off. next thing I was going to say. We got to get Stephanie Beatriz best supporting actor campaign for In the Heights. I'm starting it right now. <laughs> oh, that's right. She's in She's that. She's in In the Heights. Perfect. She's one of the um, Perfect. We're going to get I think her role is very tiny, but you know. Shh, shh, shh. Let's let's it's make it happen because we we could just get her and then Caitlyn Deaver will be next on the list. I think we can just knock out that I, entire yeah, cast. Yeah, Caitlyn D- She's inevitable. I
1: think Caitlyn could will win. Yeah. a couple Oscars in her life. She's it's inevitable. Very possible. So,
0: but yeah, I'm. I mean, this category is fantastic. Um, I I think most people sound like thatos. <laughs> it's inevitable. Um, I I think this category is really fantastic. I'm guessing most I people, if they would drop someone, would be Sasha Baron Cohen. But man, yep. I am a noted Sasha Baron Cohen hater, hence my never having seen Borat. I cannot deal with him. And so I just... Maybe it was low expectations. I just... I thought he was going to be my biggest stumbling block for enjoying Chicago 7, and he was my favorite part of the movie. So I I don't have to tell you. I'm, I'm happy for this nomination for him. Um,
1: he wasn't the worst part. <laughs> I'll say
0: that. I mean, I, that's true. Um, who do you think is the worst part? Is it... Um,
1: Oh God! Is it as far as the actors yes, go? Yes, from acting. Oh, that's it's easily Franklin Langella.
0: Oh, interesting. He had some buzz for supporting for he a did. while did. And too. If, if he
1: got supporting the actor, I would have lost my shit.
0: I, I think it might be Joseph Gordon Levitt. I kind of can't handle next... <sighs> him in that movie. Um, and I love him, but um, yikes. oh yeah, like... yikes! 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 It's, it's bad. Um, Baron Cohen, good. Leslie Odom um, Jr., good.
1: Yeah, and I haven't seen One Night yet, but
0: also another arguable co-lead it's really sort of yeah. him and kingsley Benadire as co-lead that
1: one is at least an ensemble movie. Truly,
0: yeah truly it's a four-person ensemble so that i'm more comfortable
1: unlike with judas ones. which is not an ensemble no. movie
0: nope it's a hander
1: um, i have two quick questions mm-hmm. in this category one should alan kim have gotten nominated no <laughs> I...
0: you knew i was gonna say that because i already went on the record with you about this I just I don't know how you compare a child performance. It's just a different thing. I, I, I know, I, and
1: I, I get it. I get it. I just how
0: you compare what he did to what Daniel Kaluuya was doing. Like I, ju- Alan Kim is is wonderful. Um, I am against generally nominating child performances, even if I love them. Um, I mean, my favorite child performance of all time. Oh, it's going to be embarrassing now that I cannot remember the actress's name. So you can either edit this out, or you can call me out for blanking on this. I'll guy. I'll leave it
1: up to you. What what do you think? Pull it
0: I'll her? leave it in. We're all humans. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Brooklyn Prince in yep. Florida Project. You also could have <laughs> just said it because you knew what I was going to say. You could have just saved me the, uh, the time and be like, "You're thinking of Brooklyn Prince." Um, truly, one of the most captivating characters and performances I've ever seen on screen. I still wouldn't have nominated it but bring back the special awards special achievement and yeah. child performance G- give I, them the old Shirley Temple and
1: as the animated and I think the makeup used to be would just be three nominations yeah. I or think that would a be a fine sp- one to a do a, a, a first feature for a director three mm-hmm. nominations yeah. do a young performer under 18 three nominations agreed
0: yeah I um, I, I think absolutely it's just it's a different it's a different skill set. It it probably largely reflects on the director, maybe as much as the the child performer potentially. Um, it, a lot of it is like a sort of an inherent natural quality. Um, yeah. It's just a different thing. I no no shade to the just most adorable child on the awards circuit. Um, what a cutie! um but i i never i never believed he was gonna make it here for some reason also i
1: i i believed it after the critics choice <gasps> speech. I was like yeah. this is that the end of the right voting. voting closes, and he gave he was crying yeah. he was
0: they they do adorable oh god, i guess the last young boy to be nominated Chamblay. would have been Tremblay did not make it i don't think i don't serious? think i don't think he made it oh my god i think the i think the last one was um Six Sense. Huh. right? I think so. Maybe. Um, I'm fact checking while
1: we're talking. Man, but, I could have. Um, I could have. I no, been I, money. I think
0: we went through the we we the collective we the Oscar watchers. I think we went through the yeah. exact same thing with Tremblay as we did with um, as we did with Kim, where people were like, "This really might happen." Um, mm-hmm. And Room, a movie that I love. Yeah, it picture director actress and screenplay.
1: Gotcha. So, um, this happened with Tom Hanks and Captain Phillips. Like I would have bet my whole bank account that t- Tom Hanks had gotten nominated for that movie, and he didn't. Um, I yeah. I will say um, I didn't say Brooklyn Prince because I also forgot. I have to admit I'm human there too.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It was like what my, is her name? My,
1: my yep was in response to yep. Yeah, that's right. That's just a right uh, opinion.
0: I mean it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I yeah I I like I said I I didn't quite think he was gonna happen. I was very worried. About Paul Racy in this category. Like,
1: I, w- I was he's too. He's just
0: a, you know, these other four actors are quite famous, um, mm-hmm. quite high profile, quite famous. And it's so one, I, I think it's an equal testament to how much enthusiasm there is for sound of metal. Um, Yes. which freaking rules and i will say i put off watching the movie forever so sound of, i did too sound i didn't do it until a
1: couple days ago It was like
0: available at some of the festivals last fall and i was gonna mm-hmm. do it i was gonna do it and then i was just like i don't know that seems like a bummer um skipped it and i
1: i will say i didn't i didn't dislike whiplash but i was definitely lower on whiplash than most oh sure so and you're I like i don't know expected, how many mo- like, more drummer I movies I, I need i don't i don't know if i need it and yeah. I thought it was
0: when perfection. we we'll have to decide when we do our best of the year podcast how how we want to handle spoilers for a lot of these movies. Um, I, I don't I, I don't want to spoil things, um, because I want to encourage people to go out and see them. But also a lot of these are available in free on streaming. We'll figure it out when we get there. Um, but Sound of Metal, because um, because we were you and I were talking recently about, or I was talking about the ending of it, which is so fantastic. Um, One of the best endings of the year. But it just but it really goes to show. An, an overused phrase is describing someone as, like, the heart of the movie, right? Um, we, we all remember that Linda Cardellini was the heart of Green Book. Um, but <laughs> – Where did that come from? That, no, that, that was, like, a real narrative. That was a real narrative oh, during really? that Oscar season. Every I don't time, remember. Oh, my God. Every time, uh Peter Farrelly especially gave an interview, he he talked about how oh. Linda Cardellini's character was the heart of Green Book. It's like, okay. Um, but I don't remember that. Paul Racy's character like Joe is truly the heart of that movie like he just is, it is. It's, it's cheesy as all hell but he is it is just a, a an incredible performance and when you read especially about speaking of collaborative um like what he brought to the role and the performance um you know as a a fluent, uh, speaker of sign language and he's a child of deaf adults and so he they were very receptive i guess in the making of the movie to take his feedback and sort of shape the yeah. role based on his experiences and a lot of the stuff he talks about he you know is, is i think pulls from his life
1: I, I don't want to say the climax but i think the climax is heavily influenced by that absolutely no especially I, with with his, the back character the climax. best
0: um yeah i totally agree um and and as far as the film goes in general it, it reminds me a little bit of and this is High praise indeed. It reminds me a little bit of Mahershala Ali's role in Moonlight, in that he's Good not Good in call. it a ton, no. but he makes such an impression, and you can still feel his presence when his character is not no longer in the film. Like I'm thinking about him the entire right? time. Right, you're thinking after about him the entire time. time, and and you know that Riz Ahmed's character is too. Like it's just yep. he, so. It's perfect. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm overhyping it, but. It was pretty overhyped to me, and it still lived up to all. It exceeded my expectations, it exceeded so I'm mine not too. really concerned about overhyping it. Um, and also, the number one. So all of my, and I call it my normie friends who are not listening to movie podcasts or um, getting up at five nineteen Pacific time to watch the Oscar nominations. We're <laughs> um, making spreadsheets all day, like I did. Um, the number when I have they've asked what's good, what got nominated, what do you like, and I've been recommending Sound of Metal, and I've just gotten so much pushback of. I don't know. That that seems sad, or you know, I just I think yeah. it's going to be depressing. It's not depressing. Like that, I was worried about that too. It's it deals I mean, with. He- there's sad heavy, moments. It deals with heavy themes, and there are sad moments. But, and this is similar to what I've said about to people about Nomadland. There's some very sad moments, and there's there's it's melancholy, and it and it deals with these sort of very serious themes, but you don't walk it's not like misery porn it's not like it look at no. this person going through a tough time it's you really you know it's it's they're, they're I, cathartic you you feel at the I end i kind of think like
1: <laughs> it's because both of them it's like a like a an a discovery of some sort of empowerment mm-hmm. almost
0: exactly no absolutely someone is going through something very significant but you, you you feel like you went on that journey with them um yeah so
1: yeah um What was I going to say? Oh, um, when we talked about on, I think, our first uh, season wrap up finale, what makes a great supporting actor? Mm -hmm. Um, It's one, they're supporting a main character or the story from the background. Mm -hmm. And two, the movie can't function as well with them there. And that is Paul Rassi. He's the, All the only
0: other... supporting character in this entire. I was that was saw, that was one of the things I, saw I was going to say. Else say that on Twitter today. There's a tweet going around said like, "Congratulations to Paul Rassi, the only supporting actor in the supporting yep. actor category." And it's really true. The other, you have two clear leads, and then two members of ensembles that are still co-leads, probably the lead that are probably they're the they're probably leads. the lead. Yeah, and you're Paul Sam Rassi Cups, is ugh, yeah. I... He's the only supporting. He's the only supporting character. <laughs> he's playing the
1: supporting lineup. character and besides Kaluya, mm-hmm. I thought about him and felt about him more mm-hmm. in the movie that yep. he had to work for that yeah. movie to work. Right. Um god, I love Rossi. And spoilers yeah. for when we vote, but I I might vote Rossi over Kaluya and I never would have ever thought I would have said that.
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's really something. People people need to catch up with Sound of Metal.
1: All right, uh, the final four big ones yep. we got actress, and I don't think I don't, do do we have to talk about actress much because it was like all five were basically locked in and right,
0: and I think all five I think all five were locked in. I think you have three legitimate contenders. Um, I'd say four. You think four? You think Andre Day is a is a legitimate contender I, I, here? Yeah, I think I watch that Andre movie. Um, it's Viola and Ma Rainey, Andra Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand in Nomad Land, and Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Um,
1: Vanessa Kirby is the only one that's that's it's it's a no.
0: Yeah, that that's a weird, that's a very disappointing nomination to me because it was such a gimme, it was or such a like a given, I should say. She that movie screened at festivals and they were like, okay, Vanessa, it's one of those ones where they, it was shown at a festival and people said vanessa kirby actress nomination and it was yep. like it was written in stone um and nobody it's a very
1: oscar performance nobody
0: too. likes that movie nobody likes it i don't it. like
1: that movie. No. i no.
0: i will watch it while i'm folding laundry <laughs> one day um yeah but i i will watch it under protest um and for everyone who's listening to this and saying you know you don't have to watch it yes i know <laughs> <laughs> but I do, <laughs> so don't don't bother Zero telling Legend me that General. I don't have to watch these movies. I do have to watch them. Um, the uh, the the Academy has done this to me, um, yeah. and it's just disappointing because there are ten. I I mean, there's just it was such a strong year for actresses, and we'll talk about Sophia it. Sofia could have do, gotten yeah, and when we do our awards, I'll have two probably. I I, I think Francis and Carrie are phenomenal, and um that I. They're, like Those are my two favorite movies of the year. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yep. Unless something yep. changes between now and when we talk about this again. Um, and they're two of my favorite performances of the whole year. Um, and, you know, I can't, I can't be mad about a Viola Davis Oscar nomination. I think it's really cool that she is now, like, she broke the... You know, she's now alone as the most nominated black actress, which is both wonderful for her and, and depressing because...
1: And I don't even know if she's hit the middle of her career. Yet.
0: Right. And, and so I think... I, I love. I just love that she's she's reaching Meryl status. She's doing it later in life, but she's sort of becoming a Meryl automatic nod. Good for her. Yeah, she deserves it. She's not great in Ma Rainey. We'll talk about it later. Um, I think she's good in Ma Rainey. I don't. I
1: do. I, she's no Chadwick in Ma Rainey.
0: No, I I, I don't love that movie um, and I, yeah. I don't love her in that movie but it's fine I'm not mad at it um, and I'm excited to see United States versus Billie Holiday um, yeah. it's, a, it's a Lee Daniels this, movie <laughs> I think that'll be an interesting I know, watch I and
1: I cannot stand I Lee Daniels I can't movies. either
0: um, but I'm interested in checking it out Um, I just I get bummed thinking about we don't need to get into all of the, the fantastic performances that were snubbed because I think we'll probably spend a lot of time talking about them when we do our own awards yeah. um, there are some good ones
1: yeah. Uh awesome. Moving on to actor. Mm-hmm. The nominations are Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, posthumous nominee in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank and Stephen Yeun and Minari in Delroy Lindo in In Our, the hearts. Five Bloods. Right? In our hearts, right? In Our Hearts. In Our hearts. am I reading
0: it right? <laughs> yeah. So this was the most locked category, I think, as of like going into oh, today. Oh, really? I I thought it
1: was actress, actually. I mean, but, I, um... I guess the
0: the two of them, I I think, were pretty, were both pretty locked. I think for basically the past few months, it had. Been a conceivable six person race with Delroy Lindo in these five. And it, yeah, but, it, and then he,
1: Tahar Rahim yeah, could have true. snuck in there. Mads Mickelson, when I saw the another round Damn. director, I was like, it could be. Kingsley Venadier still had some momentum.
0: So, one, Delroy Lindo should be here. But yes. two, if I can't have that, a Gary Oldman swap for Mads Mickelson would have just been, would have been ideal.
1: Yeah, I, I love Gary Oldman, but I think we've already mentioned this. Mank is not his best. <sighs> he's doing. He's, he's, he's doing good. A, he's
0: doing a lot of stuff, but he isn't he he's always good.
1: But Delroy or Mads. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, um, I still haven't seen The Father. Um, I'm gonna just keep repeating that. But I mean, I, I have heard nothing negative about this Anthony Hopkins performance. Um, for a guy who has been known to phone it in. Um, it sounds like he really went all out in this role, yeah. and I'm I'm sure it's deserved. I'm psyched to see it, um, but man, it's the, the other Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, and Stephen Yoon in this category just fantastic. Just can't couldn't th- be those more. Those three are just a plus. amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, also, Stephen Yoon is the first a uh, person of Asian actually isn't Riz Ahmed
0: technically yeah. also mm-hmm. of Asian descent yeah yeah, yeah. so Stephen Yeun's the, the first Asian American there there have been other people of Asian descent uh, in best okay. Actor, like South Asian um um and then they're uh but Stephen Yeun is the first Asian American and this is like
1: is Riz Ahmed... yeah. oh no he's British he's he's British Pakistani, Pakistani British yeah so yeah, yeah exactly
0: right. um I know he does a fantastic accent um Riz Ahmed. I, oh I, I always I, I forget, forget. British, British. Yeah.
1: It's the same thing as, like, Kaluuya is British? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's one up front that I kind of wish Anthony Hopkins wasn't here. He may be very deserving, but, you know, he's been nominated yeah. a bunch. So also wish it was, like, Mads and Delroy over Gary Oh, absolutely,
0: 100%. I, I would make but, that trade. No offense to, again, Anthony Hopkins. Presumably fantastic performance.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um. I think we all know what's going to win this one. So, moving on to director. Uh, the nominees are... Lee Isaac Chung in Minari, Emerald Fennell in Promising Young Woman, David Fincher in Mank, Thomas Vinterberg in Another Round, and Chloe Zhao in Nomadland. So... Uh-huh four were very highly touted mm-hmm. um i thought if sorkin was gonna miss it would have been for regina king mm-hmm. maybe spike lee thomas vinterberg you know i i'm happy for him i am. Too. I cannot wait to watch this movie it's it great looks so good. it's it's
0: very well directed and i don't know if this played into it at all but like it's also a very personal movie for him um, like, and so there's a really good narrative there, and then it is also reflective of how international the director's branch is. Um, yes. Speaking and of th- shout this out to this Shout out to Cold War again, but like it's like yeah, Pavel Pavlovsky uh, getting in. Hanuk. Yeah, they. it, it Which, How do you pronounce his Hanukkah. name? I think that's how you, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Um,
0: but yeah, so it's I. I was thrilled. I was I was surprised, but not shocked because yeah, like we said, Pavel Pavlovsky just got in there. Also, I think director's bench like it's quite international and it's mm-hmm. fantastic um
1: i'm very happy for him mm-hmm. uh jenna who's gonna win this category
0: i mean it's chloe Zhao, right like yeah. <laughs> so but i mean so the, the big news of the day for me um is you know this is the first time that two women have ever been nominated the total number of women nominated in history went from five to seven um so wow, that's so that's
1: about a fifty percent, <laughs> very exciting for forty percent yeah. upgrade. Um,
0: as uh, you know, you've seen I have um, a shirt that says Lena and Jane and Sophia and Catherine and Greta on it, and because it, it lists out the names of the only women ever nominated for Best Director, and I'm very excited to have my shirt go so wildly out of date so quickly. Um, Got a
1: sharpie and Chloe Zhao. Jo- I was going to say I need to like make. <laughs>
0: If I was having an Oscar party this year, I definitely would just like take like duct tape and then like write it mm-hmm. on there. You know, I had like a whole. That'd thing. be fun. It would be fun. Um, I think Chloe Zhao going to win. I think she's going to deserve to win. Um, oh, she's I'm so, so, so happy goodness. for Emerald Fennell, though. Again, just <sighs> promising young women. We'll talk about it. It's super divisive. People, people are not lukewarm on that movie, from what I can tell. It's a bit <laughs> it's of an true. understatement. It's a bit of a love it or hate it. Um, I. I, that movie really got me um I, I like I said it's my it's up there with no Madeline. Those was my favorite two movies of the year and I am just it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that normally gets the best it's sort of like when Greta got nominated for because it's one thing when you're Catherine Bigelow and you get nominated for the Hurt Locker right like that Hurt Locker is yeah sure it's it's intense. Like things are getting blown up. You know? War movie. But it's a war you know, movie, exactly. Um, it, it's, it's
1: a movie the Oscars would go for. Right. And I remember seeing the Promising Young Woman trailer. Oh my god! Wait, in theaters when we, we back when in the we day were in theaters. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and I was like, movie looks good. Right. Never in a hundred years would have been like this is a Never. director frontrunner, picture frontrunner. <laughs> right.
0: Never in a million years. Same thing. I thought like that's gonna be a fun time. That's gonna be like a weird little um, you know, indie kind of movie. Um and the fact that it caught on in these changes they've made to the Academy in the past few years I think are really showing themselves um mm-hmm. with these nominees. So good for them, I guess is what that's It took a, long a couple of years saying. with
1: the with the green book and stuff.
0: It, it does, it does, but I mean, man, between this and and Sand of Metal and Judas and the Black Messiah, I mean And Impressive. Look, we're
1: not even specifying Minari, but
0: oh, and uh, God, and Minari, which and, and yeah. but
1: Minari, it was an automatic yeah. in so many categories, and that's wonderful. Yeah,
0: no, this category, um, the fact that there is one American man nominated for best director <laughs> is crazy. Like yep. it's crazy. Like well, I say, sorry, excuse me, white American man. I, I, I totally misspoke. Lee Isaac Chung, as far as Asian American, yeah. but the fact that there is one white American man. Nominated yeah. for Best Director is wild.
1: Um, oh, and Chloe Zhao's American too.
0: Is is she an Amer- is she American?
1: I think she's Chinese American. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Um, I, well, for whatever I mean, she makes amazing films about America. So, <laughs> but I, I think you take this
1: group of films, you take it ten years earlier. It's David Fincher. It's Sorkin. It's maybe. Sp- Probably wouldn't have been Spike. No, Spike it, never it got nominated. Green Grass.
0: It would have been Green Grass. <laughs> um, uh, maybe un- the maybe came podcast out. mascot, Paul Greengrass, who <laughs> we haven't even got much <sighs> chance to talk about yet. Um, I'll, I'll
1: maybe Sam Levison and Malcolm and Marie. I could see that happening.
0: Right. The, the people on the podcast can't see the face that I just made. Um, yep. No, I, I think you're. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, that even with this best picture lineup, the actual directing nominees would have been quite different so yeah pr- mm-hmm. pretty much i mean I could really genuinely the only way i could have been more thrilled personally was with a spike it, yeah. it, i would i would take out david venture and put in spike and i think this category would be pretty close to perfect for me
1: yep um Beth... now do you throw in spike for defy bloods or do you do american <laughs> B- <Topia? laughs> i
0: would spike for the bloods but <laughs> hell, hell yeah. let's just give him a award for the achievement in the year in general
1: yeah um and moving on to the final uh one of the night best picture we have the father judas and the black messiah mink minari nomad land promising young woman sound and metal and the trial of chicago seven only eight mm-hmm. and one night in miami and ma Rainey are not there Didn't make it and suddenly the oscars don't like plays
0: i know right <laughs> um unless it's um, yeah, I who knows what happened there, we'll never know. Um it, this is also I believe the last year where this can happen. I think next year it's going they're going back to the full 10. Um just across the board, I think that's the right decision. I think this weird between 5 to 10 nonsense was a bad idea. I never liked that. it. I like the 10. 10's good. The more the merrier. Um you know, you get some weirdness, but it's fine. Um yeah, I think this list is but close to what I would have, I would have predicted. Um, but I, I, I Judas and the Black Messiah and Sound of Metal, I, I was not surprised. Um, but I was happy to see them there. I think those were far from a given to actually yeah. crack Best Picture, and I'm very glad they did.
1: Now I'm curious to ask you. Let's say this was next year and it was ten. Mm-hmm. Is it One Night in Miami and Ma Rainey? You think, or? Is it Borat's subsequent movie film? God,
0: I—it's I, it's a great question. I'm always super curious about like what was the just miss, what was the number nine, number ten.
1: Um, Oscars, release your voting.
0: Release the votes. Give us the vote totals. Um, yep. You know, is it News
1: of the World even or Defy Bloods?
0: Right. I think. I think it's some – I don't think it's to Five Bloods in any universe, although every once in a while there's one of those weird, like, best picture and nothing else or, like, picture and score. Mm -hmm. Um, My immediate reaction was to say that obviously it was One Night in Miami and uh, Ma Rainey, but I think you can make a really good argument for Borat and News of the World. Um, yep. Both of those as well. And that's, that's one of those things where I was like, if only there were 10, we would have definitely. Nope, you don't know. <laughs> like, I I, don't. I I think my new favorite theory is that if we had 10, News of the World would be in there. Um, just because I right. had.
1: I'll go with that theory.
0: Right. I mean, we'll never know. So I can I can feel strongly about it. Um, who knows? Maybe that's where they would have thrown 10 at one more nomination. <laughs> Best Picture <fiction> nominee, <laughs> 10 You never know.
1: Nice. Anyway, so that wraps up the general Our, our 30-ish minute
0: long conversation about the Oscars that went an I am hour so and 30 sorry. minutes. That's all right. That is fine. You need to eat dinner. I do need to eat dinner, but I could do this all night. So, you know, that's why we're here.
1: Well, thank you for joining me, Jana. Um, of course. Yeah. Well, How should we wrap this
0: up? I mean, I, t- I guess everyone <laughs> to stay tuned if they want to hear us talk even more about some of these movies. I mean, they, they want to hear Nick's takes, obviously. Yes. Um, and then... I think when we do... We'll talk more about these movies, but I believe coming up next is going to be our personal end of the year awards, right? Yeah, this weekend Um, we're going to be recording that. So if you want to hear um, us go deep on the movies that did not get nominations, but that we think should have, that's what we'll be talking about next. Um, So yeah, Yeah. I hope everyone comes back for that.
1: Awesome. So we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Let's see. We need to... Oh, uh, on... Follow we us are on Twitter. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. Jesus. Because this is such I know. a different We're podcast, off. We're I'm off not prepared. Matt. We
0: should tell everyone to follow us on Twitter and Letterboxd at Great Movies Pod. They should do that.
1: Yep. And then thank you, Scott Brady, for your uh, awesome Thanks, artwork for our Scott. podcast. You can find him at uh, Twitter at S. Brady Artist. Yep. Um, and that should be all for us today. Um, Oscar out?
0: Oscar out. <laughs> it was good. And when I go to the movies... I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.
1: All right, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick and then okay. we'll finish it up.
0: As I was going to say, I'll be up with the big ends. <laughs> I should say something really funny later here because Dylan will hear this when he comes back when he's doing the editing of this podcast later. Hi, Dylan. Thanks for doing the editing of the podcast. You're the best. That's all.